Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. San Diego Padres baseball coming up on 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network. Today, the Padres take on the Atlanta Braves in the third game of a four-game series at Truist Park in Atlanta. Our starting pitching matchup today for the Braves, right-hander Charlie Morton, and on the mound for the Padres, right-hander Michael Waka. Hi again, everyone. Sam Levitt with you inside our Padres Radio Network studios. Welcome into our Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show. Great to have you with us on this Saturday afternoon first pitch coming up in Atlanta at 4 20 p.m. there's been a lot of talk about the weather today in Atlanta we can tell you at the moment the tarp is coming off the field so that is very good news we will keep you posted if we hear anything more but right now everything's scheduled to begin at 4 20 p.m. we got a lot to do on Rico Water SoCal Padres pregame show today we'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a little bit we'll also check in with Padres radio voice Jess Jesse Agler will have our keys to the game, a look at this starting pitching matchup, and much, much more. First, let's set the table for today's game, brought to you by Fraser Farms Markets. Set your table with the highest quality of natural and organic products. A San Diego original since 1971 with three locations, La Mesa, Vista, and Oceanside. Padres are in the midst of a seven-game road trip and a stretch of 18 games in 18 days. Padres enter today's game a 4-4 four and four record on this early season. They won last night's game in Atlanta after dropping two straight on Tuesday and Thursday. Meanwhile, the Braves had a four-game win streak snap last night. They've started the season 6-2. and two. The first two games of this series have been decided by just one run. Padres have a 640 winning percentage in one-run games since the start of last season. They've gone 32-18 and 18 in those games. That's the highest winning percentage in the majors in one-run games since the start of 2022. Another one-run win for the Padres last night. Speaking of last night's game, let's take a listen back to some of the highlights without our Padres Rewind. How did the Padres fare in their last game? Let's take a look back. That takes me back. With our Padres Rewind. Presented by Hamul Casino. With thrilling slots and tables and all the best rewards. Hamul Casino has all the fun you're looking for. Hamul Casino. Fun above all else. In the first inning last night, there were runners on second and third for Nelson Cruz. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Cruz swings, hits it in the air towards the right field corner. Acuna going back and over. Can't get there. A fair ball bouncing up against the wall near the 325 marker. One run will score. Manny had to wait and see. They throw back to third base. Machado is there. And an RBI double for Nelson Cruz. And a 1-0 Padre lead here in the first. The Padres scored two runs in the opening frame to take a 2-0 lead. In the second, there were runners at first and third for Cruz again. 
Here's the 0-1. Cruz swings, lines it up the middle, and a diving stop behind the back by Albies. Has a tough time getting a handle on it. Throw to first, not in time. It'll be an infield single and an RBI for Nelson Cruz, who has knocked in two, and the Padres extend the lead 3 to nothing. Nick Martinez threw two scoreless innings to begin his day, but Marcelo Zuna led off the bottom of the third with a solo home run. Braves weren't done. Martinez walked both Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson with one out. Austin Riley then hit an RBI single to make it 3-2. to two. Moments later, Martinez uncorked a wild pitch. A run scored, and we were tied at three. Padres, though, took the lead back in the fifth inning. Machado doubled and Cruz singled to put runners on first and third with nobody out. That was all for Braves starter Jared Schuster. He came out of the game. Michael Tonkin replaced him. Jake Cronenworth did a sack fly to left field that scored Machado and gave the Padres a 4-3 lead. In the bottom half, the Braves threatened. They loaded the bases. With two outs, Martinez walked his third batter of the inning. That brought in a run. Game was tied at 4-4. Brent Honeywell replaced Martinez to face Eddie Rosario with the bases loaded. Bases loaded, two outs. Here's the two-strike pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a fastball, and Honeywell comes out of the bullpen to strike out Rosario and leave him loaded. Going to go to the sixth inning in Atlanta. Padres and Braves at it again, tied 4-4. Padres, though, got the lead back in the sixth inning. Trent Grisham walked to start it. He went to second base on a sack bunt from Jose Azokar. Xander Bogarts was next. 2-1 to Bogarts. And Xander with a check swing ball. Kind of served through the right side. That'll get through for a base hit. Grisham's rounding third. He's going to come in and score. Padres back in front, 5-4. I don't know if Bogarts did that on purpose or not, but it worked. And the Pods back in front here in the top of the sixth inning. Brent Honeywell pitched a 1-2-3 frame in the sixth inning. He returned to the mound in the seventh inning with the Padres still leading 5-4. Honeywell walked two, got two outs. He was replaced by Luis Garcia with runners on second and third. Two outs. Garcia walked to batter to load the bases, but got a pop out from Eddie Rosario to end the inning. Garcia pitching a scoreless bottom of the eighth inning. Padres still led 5-4, heading to the bottom of the ninth inning. That's when Josh Hader entered. Hader allowed a single, but then he continued What's been a great start to his season. A ball and no strikes. Here's the pitch. And Murphy swings. Hits a ground ball to shortstop. Bogart's down to a knee. Goes the short way. They force Riley out at second base. And the ball game is over. On his 29th birthday, Josh Hader comes out and picks up his second save of the season as the Padres even this series with a 5-4 win on a wild Friday night at Truist Park. A wild Friday night indeed, but the Padres get a one-run win to even up their record at 4-4, four and four, entering the third game of this four-game series here tonight. Sam Levitt with you in our Padres Radio Network studios here on our EcoWater SoCal Padres pregame show as we get ready for today's game. Let's go to Atlanta, check in with Padres Radio voice Jesse Agler. Let's go inside the broadcast booth for an inside perspective from Jesse Agler on today's matchup in our game preview. Brought to you by a garage door and gate store, custom ornamental driveway and pedestrian gates, and of course, garage doors. Visit agaragedoorandgatestore.com. We go to the radio booth at Truist Park in Atlanta. Check in with Padres radio voice, Jesse Agler. Jesse, as always, appreciate you joining us. We couldn't even get two weeks into the season without having to check the AccuJesse 5,000. Maybe we're on to version 6,000 now. What is the AccuJesse uh, 6,000 it is uh, telling us today in Atlanta? What's going on? All good, baby. All good. <laughs> uh, we should be able to start, if not right on time, I would guess uh, not soon thereafter. And in fact, 
if I were a betting man, which I am not, don't worry, Commissioner Manfred, uh, I would uh, I would say we'll we'll start on time. The tarp is off of the field uh, as we checked the Accu Jesse a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, the big storm cell uh, that, by the way, stretches from the Gulf of Mexico all the way up towards D.C. has uh, kind of passed on through, and uh, looks like we should be good to go. It is cold though. I'll tell you that it's been in the 40s all day here in Atlanta. It uh, rained very steadily, really until about a half an hour ago. And uh, tomorrow should be much nicer, uh, 65 uh, during the day and obviously a night game. So uh, it should be a, a beautiful day tomorrow. We, we should somehow not have any weather to worry about uh, in terms of the baseball games themselves, which a couple of days ago looked like an impossibility. So uh, our luck from last year with the wet stuff mm-hmm. seems to be carrying over. All right. Very, very good update. Glad to hear it. Still scheduled for a 4.20 p.m. first pitch here on the West Coast. Jesse, this has been a great series so far. Back and forth games, a couple of National League heavyweights just trading blows, scoring runs, lead changes. One-run games, Padres lost one, they won one. Your impressions from the first two games of this series? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it. It's felt like playoff baseball. And now with the cold temperature uh, today, maybe even more so, um, it's it's fun. You know, I know you and I talked about it before the first game of the series that I wasn't going to get dragged into the conversation about if this was a measuring stick. Um, but that doesn't mean it, it can't be fun, and that doesn't mean that it can't be dramatic. And uh, it has been both of those things, certainly, in the first two. I think I, I turned to Tony at one point in the middle of the game yesterday as we went to break, and I said, hey, sign me up for this in the postseason this year with these two teams because they're just both really good. They're really fun and obviously pretty well matched up and everything like that. So uh, it's it's been it's been a lot. It's been kind of intense. It doesn't feel like we're easing into this first road trip of the season <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but that's okay. That's part of what comes with being a contending team is playing games like this uh, against other teams like this. And a little bit of a reminder to me in terms of how it feels to that first Dodgers series in April two years ago in 2021. You know, the Padres were coming off their first postseason appearance in quite some time. The expectations were high. And uh, the Padres and Dodgers got together actually a couple times early that season. And that's kind of what the games felt like, uh, is what they felt like here these last two days, where it was just, you know, trading blows and close games and craziness and intensity. And I remember just being exhausted by, you know, I don't know, April 20th or so uh, after those two series against the Braves in 2021. And uh, it, it, it might very well continue to be like this, you know, in New York on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday against the Mets. So uh, we knew this road trip was, was pretty special in terms of that. And uh, so far through two of the uh, seven games, it's, it's lived up to that. Before I let you go, Jesse, just want to touch on this pitching matchup tonight. Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves. Michael Waka on the mound for the Padres. A couple of veteran right-handers. Looking at some of the numbers for the Padres lineup against Morton, they're pretty good. Uh, Yesterday was interesting. A a team, and you guys talked about it, that's been pretty home-run reliant in the Padres. Didn't hit a home run. Offensively against Morton with some of these numbers, what are you looking for tonight from this Padres offense? Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, last night, the first game all year, the Padres won in which they did not uh, hit a home run. And Morton last year had a long ball problem. Uh, that was a little bit new for him. Uh, he gave up by far the most home runs he had ever allowed in his career. His fly ball rate was crazy high uh, compared to his career average before that. So we'll see if that carries over or not. I don't know that we can read too much into how he threw on Monday night in St. Louis. It was just, you know, five and a third innings uh, to start his season. Uh, But there is opportunity to launch, certainly, against a guy who gave up home runs the way he did last year. Uh, He's been very, very good in this ballpark uh, the last few seasons, so that's something to contend with. But, again, the Padre lineup is special. You noted some of the numbers uh, that these guys have against him. 
Obviously, uh, Xander's seen him a ton from their old AL East days when Morton was in Tampa. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime you get two starting pitchers whose combined ages are 70, uh, sign me up. <laughs> I, I like when the old guys go out there and throw. Charlie Morton, 39 years old, and uh, you mentioned that his numbers uh, against the Padres very good as well over the course of his career. So yeah. a good uh, veteran starting pitching matchup tonight in Atlanta. Jesse, good to hear the tarp is off the field. Seems like we're going to be scheduled for somewhere around a 4.20 p.m. first pitch, and right now we'll plan to talk to you at 4.10 coming up in Atlanta. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thank you, Sam. All right. Jesse Agler joining us from the Padres radio booth in Atlanta as we get ready for game three of this four-game series between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves. When we come back, we'll go back to Atlanta, hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin, plus a look at who's hot, who's not, and some headlines from around Major League Baseball. Much more to get to on a Rico Water SoCal Padres pregame show. I'm Sam Levitt on the Padres radio network. Rico Water SoCal Padres pregame show continues as we get ready for the Padres and the Atlanta Braves coming up at 420 at Truist Park in Atlanta. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios. Good to have you with us on this Saturday afternoon. A beautiful day here in San Diego. The weather today in Atlanta has not been so nice. A lot of rain, but if you've been keeping track of what's been going on right now, we're scheduled for that 420 Pacific time at first pitch. The tarp is off the field. So until you hear somebody say there's going to be some sort of delay here tonight, there's not. Right now, we are still scheduled for a 4.20 p.m. first pitch. Taking a look at the Padres lineup today, it looks like this. Trent Grisham in center leading off. Manny Machado at third base batting second. Juan Soto in left field batting third. Xander Bogarts, the DH, batting cleanup. Matt Carpenter at first base batting fifth. Jake Cronenworth at second base batting sixth. Luis Campusano, the catcher, batting seventh. Rugnet Odor back in right field bat- batting eighth. And Ha-Sung Kim, the shortstop, batting ninth. On the mound for the Padres right-hander Michael Waka. Let's go to Atlanta, hear the pregame press conference with Padres manager Bob Melvin. Let's take a trip down to the Padres clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Bob, some lineup changes today, a little day off uh, the feet for bogey. Yeah. That was kind of the plan. Manny got, well, what was a supposed to be a half day off, got a full day the other day. Um, Bogey as well, so we'll look to, you know, during the stretch, probably get everybody a day off, whether it's a half day or whether it's a full day. Can you comment about the success that your designated hitters have had in the last couple games? Yeah, look, it's pretty good dynamic between the two, so we knew that going in. Two veteran guys with a lot of experience, and I think I've been most impressed by both of them about, look, you don't have to promise me anything as far as at-bats. We know that, you know, we, we have some matchup stuff going on here, and they're they're good if they get pinch hit for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something we hoped was a good dynamic coming in and, you know, certainly off to a good start. Some more aggressiveness on the base pass for you early in the ball game as well, something we haven't seen previously, but it was a weapon yesterday. Yeah, opportunity. We felt like we had something in – you know, went to it early in the game. It's not often you see Juan and Manny stealing second and third and, you know, did it pretty easily. Um, you know, so when we have opportunities to do it, we feel like we can. I mean, I wouldn't say we have any 
you know, less Tatis coming any 40 stolen base guys here, but we, we feel like, you know, we have quite a few guys that can steal some bases if, if we're given the opportunity. Some of it will depend on matchups of who's on the mound and catching that type of thing. For sure, yeah. Times to the plate, whether or not, you know, we see something, can get a jump on somebody, something like that. Is Cronenworth one of those guys that could get you... Yeah, 15. Uh, about 15. You know, he's another guy that plays every day. You know, I think his stolen bases will probably be important ones. You know, where we're, we're looking to maybe late in the game, early in the game, something like that, where we we feel like we have something. But, yes, I, it looks like he's running a lot better, uh, certainly this spring and this year. I know you knew he was capable, but his play at first base, what have you felt? I, he can play anywhere. I mean, it's – Really, he could probably play the outfield too. I mean, he's caught before um, anywhere in the infield, including shortstop. He's going to be better. You know, he's going to be plus. So, it does not surprise me. Works hard at it. Asks for asks for extra work. Continues to take ground balls even at shortstop to prepare himself to play anywhere. And there are some plays that like he can make at first base that other first basemen probably can't. Like the one he made the other day. Like how how does that play itself out given his skill set? Yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. We we don't want him only playing first base. He's really good at it, but he's really good at second base too. So, you know, today he gets an opportunity to play second base and keep himself current there. Um, shortstop, maybe not. Uh, that'd be more of something happened during the course of a game. But that side mm -hmm. of the diamond, he seems like he has really good instincts, whether it's at first or second, picks balls out of the dirt, seems to be able to maneuver around the bag too. So it's... He's pretty good over there. How unique and valuable is it to have guys like to have Cronenworth and Kim be able to do what they do, so that when you do give these guys a DH day, you're essentially not losing anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Kim's place, you know, he's a shortstop that is, you know, learning second base more so. So when he gets out in shortstop, that you know, that's kind of like riding a bike for him. Knock wood. Um, you know, Crony's used to moving around a little bit. And, you know, Xander is going to get his days where he's going to DH too. So with just the versatility, um, when you have guys that all can play shortstop, makes it a lot easier. Talk a little bit about Jose Azokar and this nice start that he's had so far this season. Yeah, he just seems a lot more comfortable. I said it often here, you know, early this year that he just, you know, his, his run game seems to be better now. Situational stuff that he's doing right now is important. Drops a bunt down last night, ends up bogey knocks it in, ends up being the, the winning run. You know, he just looks a little bit more confident in the outfield and his routes and everything he's doing. You know, he's very well liked in here and, and he's you know, he's they embrace him. So I think just the second year of being in the big leagues he's a lot more comfortable. Do you have any memorable interleague matchups with Matt Carpenter when you were in Oakland? Um you know, I think he was hurt last time when I was in Oakland. We played them. Um, I, what I went off of is the bats I saw last year in New York, and he's done some things that made some changes that, you know, sometimes in the latter part of your career or when you're getting older, you have to make some changes. And I think he, you know, last year was the first year he really embraced that. And it's a good example for our guys, too, that, you know, to have longevity in this game, there are times you got to do things a little bit differently and not be stubborn about what you've done in the past. Um, so, yeah, I think based on his, his numbers last year, it seems to be swinging the bat like he did, you know, earlier in his career. Well, you guys had uh, some guys down that first game of the series. How big was having Honeywell and 
or see him come in yesterday and be able to hold it down? Yeah, it was, it was big because, you know, we had a couple games that stung, you know, when you lose in that fashion, when you have some leads and then, you know, your usual complement of guys aren't available. Um, it, it stings a little bit. It was nice to be able to get, you know, more than one out of both. You know, where we are with both of them today, I'm not sure yet. Um, but it just seemed more like a game that we were, we felt like we were going to win at the end as opposed to kind of hoping things went out well. And then obviously getting Hader in the game was beneficial as well. They're celebrating uh, 49 years of, uh, since uh, 7.15 tonight. Uh, by chance, were you watching Aaron's record breaker? I think that's one that where you, you remember where you were. You know, there are certain events in baseball that, you know, stand out more so and, you know, stand the test of time. So, yes, I definitely remember that, Al Downing, and, you know, remember how big it was for, for baseball. So, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty cool that, you know, obviously it's a natural celebration, but uh, one of those events, like I said, that you remember where you were. Where were you? Palm Springs, California, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on my grandparents' couch. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin uh, before tonight's game in Atlanta. We'll hear from Bob Melvin after tonight's game on our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. At the uh, very end of the pregame uh, media scrum there, you heard Bob Melvin. Uh, what he was referring to, if uh, you didn't know from the question, the Braves are wearing their new City Connect uniforms tonight, celebrating the 49th anniversary of Hank Aaron's 715th home run. Aaron hit that home run 49 years ago today at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. The uniform the Braves are wearing tonight is based on those 1974 uniforms. So a very, very cool uh, gesture by the Braves to wear those uniforms and uh, also, of course, uh, a very special anniversary. Every anniversary of Hank Aaron's number 715, very, very special in the game of baseball. As we get ready for first pitch coming up at 420 between the Padres and the Braves, let's take a look now at who's hot, who's not. Which player is locked in at the plate? Who needs to get things in gear? This is Who's Hot, Who's Not? Presented by Big Green Egg, the ultimate cooking experience. We take a look at Who's Hot, Who's Not? First, we focus on Xander Bogarts, who has hit safely in seven of his first eight games as a Padre, batting 333 to begin the year with a 400 on base percentage. Bogarts has six extra base hits. That's the fourth most in baseball. Three of those extra base hits have been home runs. Ronald Acuna Jr. on this list in the hot category for the Braves. He's reached base safely in every game so far this year, hitting 314 in 35 at-bats with a 400 on base percentage. Acuna leads the major leagues with 10 runs scored and his four stolen bases lead the National League. Austin Riley in the hot category, 357 average in 28 at-bats with two home runs and seven RBIs. He has four hits and three walks in the first two games of this series. Travis Darno batting 355 and 31 at-bats in five RBIs. He's on the hot list as well. Who's not? Ozzy Albies 0 for 10 in the first two games of this series. Sean Murphy 3 for 16 to begin the season. Austin Nola just 3 for 19 to begin the year. No hits in three at-bats last night for Nola. And unfortunately, we're going to keep Juan Soto in the not category. Three hits on Monday and Tuesday, including a home run. But he's gone 0 for 8 since. He's batting just 138 with a 286 on base percentage to begin the year in 29 at-bats. And that's a look at who's hot, who's not, as we get ready for tonight's game 
in Atlanta. Now let's take a look at some of the headlines from around the major leagues as we go around the horn. What's the latest information you need to know in the world of Major League Baseball? Let's take you around the horn. Presented by SD Tattoo. Impressive tattoos and custom designs. Whether you're a first-timer or a lifer, they have the artists to see your vision through. Schedule now at SanDiegoTattooShop.com. On Around the Horn today, we take a look at a lot of the injury news around baseball from the last couple of days. The Yankees injuries continue to pile up. Josh Donaldson and Jonathan Loizaga were put on the IL earlier today. Donaldson placed on the 10-day IL with a right hamstring strain. Loizaga to the 15-day IL with a right elbow inflammation injury. The Twins also placing Max Kepler on the 10-day IL with a right sore knee, a sore right knee, I should say, the 10-day IL for Kepler. The Rays also put Jose Siri on the 10-day IL with a right hamstring strain. There was an update from yesterday on Justin Verlander, the Mets' right-hander. He said he expects to return from a muscle strain before the end of April. He's upped his throwing intensity from 70 uh, to 75%. Uh, yesterday while throwing on the field and uh, he said quote the general soreness I was having is really dissipating quickly all positive signs so it does sound like Justin Verlander will get back to the New York Mets rotation at some point in the not so distant future and that's a look at some of the headlines uh, mostly injury stuff from around Major League Baseball on around the horn when we come back we'll take a look at the injury report today we'll also tell you our keys to the game take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard and and get some thoughts from the Braves radio network on this series and tonight's starting pitcher, Charlie Morton. Much more to get to on Rico Water, SoCal Padres pregame show. We continue after this on the Padres radio network. Rico Water SoCal Padres pregame show continues as we get ready for the Padres and the Atlanta Braves coming up at 420 in Atlanta. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios here on Rico Water SoCal Padres pregame show on 97.3 The Fan and the Padres radio network. Your water perfected. As we get ready for today's game, let's take a quick look at our injury report on this Saturday. Who's in? Who's out? This is the Bada Fulkerson Injury Report, presented by San Diego's Bulldog Injury Attorneys, who hope you're never in an accident. But if you are, make Bada Fulkerson the first call you make. Hit him up 24-7 at BadaFulkerson.com. Not much new news to report on on the injury front today. The Padres uh, with Joe Musgrove making the rehab start. Uh, for AAA El Paso a couple of days ago, he threw 85 pitches, four and a third innings. Sounds like he's going to make one more. Robert Suarez continuing his throwing progression, but again, no major update on him right now. For the Braves, we told you this yesterday, Michael Harris II was placed on the 10-day IL with a lower back strain. Uh, Colin McHugh placed on the IL a couple of days ago as well with right shoulder inflammation. So that's the update on the injury front on the Braves' side of things and the Padres' side of things as well. No major injury news to update you on entering today. Well, earlier I caught up with Chris Domino from the Braves Radio Network in Atlanta. Wanted to get Chris's thoughts on a couple of things Braves-related. First, here was Chris Domino earlier on Charlie Morton, tonight's starting pitcher for the Braves. He is, and I knew Charlie his first go-around here. People don't know, Charlie was here. And it didn't go well. So he sort of reinvented himself at an age when most pitchers don't reinvent themselves over in Houston. 
Uh, good guy. I thought there was a chance he might retire actually after the World Series in 21. I thought there was a chance he was going to retire after last year. But before the season was done, the Braves gave him a one-year $20 million deal. Now, I, I don't know if they were bidding against themselves, and I don't usually care about how much money a guy makes as long as it doesn't stop me from making another deal. Uh, he's done work. He's got a postseason resume that's been as good as anybody in the last five, six, seven years in baseball. So having him on the staff is always going to be good. The expectation now is different. He's going to have nights where the curveball is filthy. He's going to have nights where he's going to hit somebody on the back foot, which he did a bunch of times last year. It's a five-inning sort of game for Charlie now. Uh, I think if his strikeouts are there on a given night, pitch count gets up, and he might not be able to go more than six, even if the line looks good. Mm-hmm. I think there are nights where he's going to you know, get a few too many guys on base, and he's going to have to dance through raindrops. And as an older guy, that gets a little bit tougher. He knows what he wants to do. I'm just not sure the ball will get there where he wants it to go. So he, he's important. Look, he's, if I had Charlie Morton's resume going to October as a, as a number four starter, I feel really good. Keep him healthy. Let him contribute to winning the division, not having to be a wild card team. You're going to get every dollar's worth out of him. I just like the fact that he's on the team. I just hope he has more good five and six inning starts than not because you don't want to tax your bullpen at the back of the rotation. And again, that was Chris Domino from the Braves Radio Network in Atlanta talking about Charlie Morton, tonight's starting pitcher for the Braves there. Here was Chris Domino with his impressions of this series and the Padres from the Atlanta perspective. While I wouldn't want to play this team in the old format 19 times in, a, in the division, I'd love to play this team 13 times. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those guys who's disappointed that this season series ends in April. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know you're not going to see him in October. And I'm not wishing for that because I certainly know how good this team is. And uh, But the idea that the Braves have never taken a lead in only two games this year and they've lost both of them, that was last night. Tied up, can't get ahead, tied up. I thought the Honeywell story was really good for you guys mm. last night. Who's was a local kid. Uh, people forget, you know, with all the action, with Tatis out, with Soto there, with the Machado deal, uh, with everything else that's gone on, you forget that Josh Hader's only 29 years old. You know, I, I was telling people before this series started, you know, I know the, the conversation seems to be one guy who's not here and then look at all the studs and the payroll. Josh Hader, if he is close to being who he was just a couple of years ago, he could be like the most important piece that's the fifth or sixth guy talked about on this team. So that'll tell you how good you guys actually are and how deep you guys actually are. Yeah. That was uh, Chris Domino uh, joining us from the Braves Radio Network talking about this series and a uh, really good couple of games between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves. A couple of one-run games so far. If you want to hear my full interview with Chris Domino from the Braves Radio Network, you can listen to it in just a little bit. We're going to have it up on my Inside San Diego Baseball podcast from 97.3 The Fan and Odyssey. Search for it on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcast. We have uh, Bob Melvin's full pregame media available availability already up there as well and also i should say you can find our full post game shows along with our our game recap and highlight segment on that inside san diego baseball podcast feed so if you have not subscribed please uh, do so a lot of good stuff on that feed each and every day let's take a look at the scores from around baseball with the out-of-town scoreboard Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. 
We take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. A number of finals already. The Mets beat the Marlins 5-2. Kodai Senga, in his second Major League start, picked up the win in that one. Other finals... Twins beat the Astros 9-6 in Minnesota. Byron Buxton and Kyle Farmer hit a couple of three-run home runs in that game. Royals beat the Giants 6-5. Salvador Perez had a home run in that game for Kansas City. Red Sox over the Tigers 14-5. And Tampa Bay improves to a perfect 8-0. An 11-0 win against Oakland in Tampa Bay. Rays have won 8 games in a row to begin the season games coming up a little bit later 405 p.m at yankees at the orioles in baltimore 410 p.m at cardinals at the brewers in milwaukee and also coming up the dodgers at the diamondbacks in arizona at 510 nationals at the rockies at 510 and finally the blue jays in anaheim taking on the angels at 607 and that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Saturday around the major leagues. As we get ready for the Padres and the Braves coming up at 420, let's give you our keys to the game. How are the Padres going to unlock a win today? These are the keys to the game presented by Premier Chevrolet, a different kind of dealer who's a solid community partner providing excellent service. Joe Musgrove's choice is Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Chevrolet, find new roads. So I'll mix key one and key two here. Key one, starting pitching length. Key two, the bullpen needs an encore. The last four starting pitchers for the Padres have gone five innings or less. Blake Snell went just three and two-thirds innings on Thursday. Nick Martinez was unable to get out of the fifth inning last night. Bottom line is that's just not sustainable. Not with a six-man rotation and not with a seven-man bullpen. Padres need Michael Waka. To go deeper tonight, they could really, really use it. And the bullpen struggled in the first game of this series on Thursday. We know that. But yesterday, four and a third scoreless innings, they got 13 outs and got it to Josh Hader in the ninth inning with a lead. And the Padres won the game. So starting pitching length in the bullpen needs an encore. Keys one and two. Key number three, getting through the number two and number three spots in the Braves lineup. Number two hitter Matt Olson and number three hitter Austin Riley combined to reach base in eight of their ten plate appearances last night. They're batting a combined 333 on the season. Olson has hit second. Riley has hit third in every game for Atlanta so far. The Braves in those two spots lead the majors in runs, RBIs, home runs, walks, and OPS ranks fourth in those two spots in the lineup. They have been really, really good. Riley reached base a career high five times last night, went three for three with a couple of walks. So those two guys, Olsen and Riley, Padres have to find a way to get through those two hitters more successfully here today. And that's a look at our keys to the game. When we come back at Rico Water, SoCal Padres pregame show, we'll tell you what to watch for in today's game, plus a deeper look at this pitching matchup between Michael Waka and Charlie Morton. Our pregame coverage continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Rico Water, SoCal Padres pregame show continues as we get ready for the Padres and the Braves coming up at 420 in Atlanta. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios. Good to have you with us on this Saturday afternoon. Padres trying to make it two straight wins in the third game of this four-game series. Let's tell you what to watch for in today's game. 
What's the one thing you need to be on the lookout for in today's game? This is What to Watch For, brought to you by Genesis Home Improvements. What to watch for when hiring a home remodeling service is making sure they're licensed, bonded, and insured. Genesis Home Improvements is that and more, specializing in exterior painting, roof replacements, and vinyl windows. Visit GenesisHomeImprovementsSD.com to request a custom quote today. A big thing to watch for in today's game, the historical success for the Padres lineup against Charlie Morton, regular and postseason numbers combined. Xander Bogarts, 13 for 39 with a couple of home runs. Nelson Nelson Cruz, 10 for 31 with a home run. Matt Carpenter, 7 for 21. Juan Soto, 4 for 5 with a home run. A lot of guys in this lineup have been really, really good against Charlie Morton in their careers. Keep an eye on that. Soto, Carpenter, Cruz, and Bogarts in particular here today. Key number two, or what to watch for item number two, the Padres on the base paths. The Padres stole three bases in the first two innings of last night's game. They had just one steal prior to that. The Padres ran, by their standards, a lot more yesterday than they ran in the first seven games of the year. We'll see if the Padres are more aggressive on the bases here today. And that's a look at what to watch for in today's game between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves. Now let's take a look at our pitching matchup between Michael Waka and Charlie Morton. Let's take a look at who's on the mound today with our starting pitching preview presented by Home Turf. Save time and water with pet-friendly Always Green Grass and get a free consultation by calling the team at Home Turf at 888-4SD-TURF or go to sdhometurf.com. First, we take a look at right-hander Michael Waka on the mound for the Padres, 31 years old in the midst of his 11th MLB season. First start of the season on Saturday against the Colorado Rockies. He went six innings, four earned runs given up, six hits allowed, struck out two, three walks. He earned the win. Waka facing the Braves for the first time since July of 2021 when he was pitching for the Tampa Bay Rays. Eight appearances, six starts against Atlanta in his career, a 5-2-3 ERA in 32 plus innings 2022 with the Red Sox he went 11 and 2 a 332 ERA 1-1-2 whip in 23 starts 127 plus innings some notable matchups against Waka from this Braves lineup Riley 2 for 4 with a couple of home runs Ozuna 4 for 8 with a home run Arcia 4 for 10 only player with 10 at-bats against Waka in his career. Acuna, two for six. Albies, one for seven. The arsenal for Michael Waka, a four-seam fastball, changeup, and a cutter. That's what he used primarily in his first outing of the season. Also will mix in the curveball and the sinker every once in a while. Meanwhile, on the mound for the Atlanta Braves, right-hander Charlie Morton, 39 years old, in his 16th MLB season, the fifth oldest active pitcher in the major leagues. His first start of the year against the St. Louis Cardinals, five and a third innings, three earned runs given up, nine hits allowed, struck out one, walked two. This is his 12th career appearance against the Padres. He's been very, very good against San Diego in his career, a 2.55 ERA. That's his lowest career ERA against any opponent. Padres have hit 189 against him through 11 outings over the years. He had a 
pretty good. Not a great 2022. 31 starts, a 4-3-4 ERA, 172 innings, 205 strikeouts. That was tied for ninth most in the major leagues. And the arsenal for Charlie Morton, a four-seam fastball and the curveball. He'll throw those a ton. Also mixes in the sinker and the cutter. A note on Morton's curveball. Since the start of 2021, Morton has thrown his curveball on more than 37% of his pitches. That's the second highest rate in baseball among qualified starters. So he loves to throw that Uncle Charlie, Charlie Morton, on the mound for Atlanta. So that's a look at our starting pitching matchup today as we get ready for first pitch coming up at 420. Let's quickly set the table one more time. Padres in the midst of a seven-game road trip, a stretch of 18 games in 18 days. Padres entered today's game a record of 4-4 four and four after winning last night in Atlanta. They dropped two straight games on Tuesday and Thursday. Meanwhile, the Braves had a four-game win streak snap last night. They've started the season 6-2. and two. So the Padres 4-4 four and four and the Braves 6-2. and two. That'll do it for our Eagle Water SoCal Padres pregame show here on 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network. As always, thank you for listening. Your water perfected. Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr. have the starting lineups, first pitch, and all the play-by-play coming up. I'll talk to you postgame. You're listening to your home for Padres baseball, 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network.